This is Beat the Closing Line. Hey everyone, welcome back to Beat the Closing Line. I am your host, Nicole Russo, alongside resident NFL analyst for thelines.com, Eli Hershkovich. Eli, are you uh, missing recording out of the Las Vegas uh, downtown area circus sports? You're back in Chicago. Yeah, I'm not going to lie, Nicole. It was nice for me to be in Vegas, your home city, and then you to be in Arizona, even though that's a good spot to be. Met Jason, our our guest here that you'll introduce in a second, last week at Circus Swim. So pumped to talk to him about some NFL betting for week two. I wasn't cool enough to get into Circus Swim. Security turned me away. So this is my first time meeting Jason. But speaking of Jason, we are talking sports betting with a very special guest today. Joining us is Jason Weingarten, who is a professional sports better and host for the Hammer Betting Network and VSIN. Jason, thanks for joining us today. How is the NFL season going for you so far? You know, uh, it, it's going pretty well. I think week one not only was profitable with, you know, the Steelers and the Seahawks and various other bets but it was just incredibly enjoyable i don't know how week two is going to deliver more excitement (laughs) than uh week one just delivered but i know it will you already got the excitement uh in a little bit before week one with geno smith you bet uh the seahawks quarterback at 750 to one to win nfl mvp at circa you got some crap on twitter but now you get a chance to uh, deliver it back since geno led the seahawks to a win uh, cover against the Broncos on Monday Night Football, also an outright win. How are you kind of feeling about the bet now? Obviously, it's a long shot, but what's your uh, perspective looking back? Well, yeah, obviously, it's still a, a very long, long shot at this point. Um, <laughs> and I know I, I just have a, a feel, a, a sort of a, you know, a, a quick sort of test to know whether or not a bet is good. If I post a ticket on Twitter and I immediately get a bunch of responses from accounts I don't know or people I don't care about <laughs> telling me that I'm stupid and my bets are bad. I know it's a good bet. Um, so that that kind of played into it. And what what uh, more more re- uh, realistic realistically why I bet I, why I made that bet was I actually requested at Circa and at Caesars that they post a line for 2022 MVP comes from a non-playoff team from 2021 versus a, uh, a playoff team. So I wanted all the quarterbacks on the teams that didn't make the playoffs last year, which is you know, Lamar Jackson, uh, Marcus Mariota, Geno Smith, a couple other ones, Mitch Trubisky. Uh, well, I guess actually Steelers made the playoffs. So that did, right? They made the playoffs last year? Yeah. Yes, we did. So yeah, okay, the Trubisky would have been out. But I wanted to do it synthetically um, as opposed to having to bet, you know, 12 or 15 different quarterback futures I didn't really want but I couldn't get either one of those to make a price on it so I ended up just betting Marcus Mariota and Geno Smith circa having 750 to one you know I, I I get it's a long shot but you know this is a quarterback award you you have to essentially be a quarterback so Geno Smith assuming he's going to be the starter is one of 30 potential candidates and you know, he's probably down in the, the bottom of that list or was to start it. But I'll, I'll happily take 750 to one there, uh, knowing that I, I like them week one to win. And I, I also like them week two to win. I also think that starting two and oh puts it in a, a good position. But I would absolutely sell it at the moment if, if there was a, you know, a way to actually sell a ticket like that. 
I just am shocked that people left you mean comments on social media because Twitter is <laughs> such a nice place. So it's just <laughs> it's yeah, so odd. Used to it. Um, Before we get started and take a look at NFL Week 2, just remember to give this video a thumbs up, leave a comment, and subscribe to our YouTube channel, but also subscribe to Beat the Closing Line podcast on Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review because that will enter you for a chance to win a $25 Amazon gift card. All right, so I'm going to take it into the future now. We are going to start with Thursday Night Football, talk a little Chargers Chiefs. So Kansas City was at minus two and a half on the look ahead line and it's bet all the way up to Chiefs minus four and a half as we're recording right now on Thursday afternoon. Jason, is there anything that you like in this game? You know, uh, I was really impressed week one with uh, Khalil Mack. He had three sacks and uh, I really think that uh, that defensive line and the linebacking core, everything has come together really well for the uh, for the Chargers this year. And uh, Mac might be a little bit on the older side. He's 31, but I like him for defensive player of the year still. I think you can get him 20 to 1, 25 to 1, widely available numbers. I ended up betting him this week to lead the NFL in sacks and to uh, win the defensive player of the year. I think with, uh, with Bosa and Derwin James, a lot of the attention might not be on on Mac, but he, you know, he has one defensive player of the year already earlier in his career. And maybe he's just the kind of guy who needed to get into the right situation on a strong playoff level team to, uh, you know, get back into the defensive player of the year uh, consideration talk. And if you can't tell already, Jason is one of the sharper batters, not only for the NFL, but really in the gambling Twitter space, if you want to call it that. So not a side in particular or a a piece of the total that you like in Chiefs Chargers, but maybe a bit of an overreaction to Kansas City dominating a, a weaker Cardinal secondary in week one. What's the overreaction spot side that you like overall in week two, the best one that you think is on the board? What I think, uh, not so much an overreaction, but an underreaction. I thought the uh, the Seahawks played pretty well, and they're nine point favorites to uh, to 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 the Forty ers right now. They opened up at ten; it's moved to nine. I agree with the move down. Um, you know, I think I think that is kind of kind of an underreaction. And then uh, I guess the Bills getting double digits. You know, off off their blowout of the. Uh, of the Rams kind of surprises me. I think it's a little early to see four, you know, 10 point games this weekend. There's, there's only one I, uh, I'm particularly interested in, but, but it's, it's unusual to see double digit favorites like this so early in the season. So many of them. You're listening to the lines.com podcast network. Looking for the latest player props and the best betting odds from the top U S sports books all in one place. Then join us right here every day this season for free picks and best bets from the sports betting experts you can trust. Check out the lines.com NFL Megapod as Matt Brown, Steven Andrus, and Adam Candy break down every game for this weekend's football slate. Join the Coast to Coast podcast crew Mondays through Fridays as Nate Weitzer and Josh Lander bring you the best player props and game lines for Major League Baseball, the NBA, and the NFL. And tune in to Beat the Closing Line twice a week as Nicole Russo, Mo Nawara, and Eli Hershkovich dive into NFL opening lines 
plus special guests from the sports betting world. So subscribe, rate, and review to the Lines Podcast Network, the source you can trust to make you a better sports better. And then taking a look at one of the games on Sunday, Bucks Saints is going to be one of the bigger ones for the Sunday slate. It was bet up to Tampa Bay minus three for a bit. Looks like it's been trending pretty consistently at two and a half throughout the week. Total is sitting at 44. Are there any bets that you like for this one? Yeah, I bet uh, I bet the money line on the uh, on the Saints. I bet uh, plus one twenty. I think uh, I'm I'm a notorious Tom Brady hater, and uh, you know he's forty five. <laughs> I think he probably probably got lucky. The Bucks got lucky week one that Dallas no showed, but he took a bunch of hits, and and I I've kind of just gathered from reading about you know different Tom Brady stuff. He seems to be not enjoying the the getting hit this you know more more this year and it's understandable he's 45 and this is a division game it's a strong defense and you know sooner or later these these hits are going to add up and Brady's not going to going to like it anymore and if I was coaching the defense I'd be trying to get after him early and and make him not enjoy being out there I think uh I think the Saints uh you know they're going to come after him and, and it's, it's going to be a fun game. I, I don't know if, uh, I don't know. I don't know how Tom Brady's going to last the season, honestly, with a, with a bad O line. I think, uh, I think he's put himself at risk of injury and just, just at some point he's not going to be having fun out there and it's, it's going to show. Uh, I also bet Taysom Hill to win the offensive player of the year this week. He's hundred to one, hundred to one at DraftKings. It's the same price for MVP, but I don't think he's going to win MVP because, you know, he'd, he'd have to, really you know secure the quarterback job um offensive player of the year much more realistic especially if they keep figuring out ways to use them and integrate them as a running quarterback as a tight end he can catch touchdowns he can throw touchdowns he can run for touchdowns um you know having a unique skill set can win you offensive player of the year if you score enough uh, i don't think it could win him mvp but they shouldn't be priced both 100 to 1 so I think the 100 to 1 on the offensive player of the year is too high. So you mentioned the Saints within that and sticking with the theme of underdogs, looking at some games with lower totals and dogs above the spread of around six. Uh, Jets, Browns, Seahawks, 49ers and Cowboys, Bengals, all games with lower totals and again, bigger spreads. You already mentioned the Seahawks as a team that might be an underreaction in the market uh, after their big win over the Broncos from a money line standpoint and also against the spread. So typically, not always, but typically if you agree with the market on the total, you might also agree with a dog if it's a bigger number. Between Jets, Browns and Cowboys, Bengals, obviously Dallas without Dak Prescott, either of those games stick out to back the dog. Uh, Cincinnati caught my, my attention as a teaser leg. Uh, I guess it's up to seven and a half now, so that's it's not as exciting. Um, I, I was able to get it down to I think minus one, so I used I used that. I think I used uh, Bengals minus one with uh, the Saints plus eight and a half actually. So that was that was one one I liked. But uh, you're speaking of low scoring games. I think the 49ers Seahawks has potential to be low scoring. You know, very low scoring, lower than the the 41 on the total and a bet that I really like this week. I saw that uh, DraftKings has is, is the ability to bet uh, lowest scoring team. 
uh, you know, they have a highest scoring market and a lowest scoring market. And they have like the Seahawks are like seven to one or nine to one for the lowest scoring team. And the 49ers are 90 to one for the lowest scoring team. And obviously it has to do with the, the spread, you know, being a 10 point favorite, a nine point favorite. Um, you're obviously going to think that, that the, the, the Seahawks are going to score less points than 49ers, but uh, 90 to one's like the second highest price on the board. I think that's way too high. Uh, you know, seeing what Trey Lance did last week and obviously a total aberration most likely, but uh, a bad start, another bad start, 90 to one. You're not going to see numbers like that going forward. So I was happy to bet 90 to one there on a, a future. Next up, we have the Patriots and talking a little bit about my Steelers as well, which Eli has called a fluky win. <laughs> but the betting market was on the Pats in week one. They were blown out by the Dolphins, and now they've seemed to come back on New England after Pittsburgh's win over the Bengals, and that line is up to minus two and a half. Um, I'm a Steelers fan, and that was god-awful to watch personally for me. I'm not excited about that win at all. But we saw a similar trend with the Eagles last season. Are you in agreement with the market at all on this, or are there any bets that stand out to you in this game? Yeah, I was <clears throat> I was on the uh, the Dolphins and the Steelers last weekend. The Steelers' money line, I think it was drawing dead like four or five different times <laughs> in the final two minutes in overtime. <laughs> Might so, be an understatement. Yeah. You know, <laughs> <laughs> that was a, a very lucky, lucky win and the very undeserving in in many regards, but it was fun. That like I said, it's it's hard to see how the NFL is gonna deliver more excitement than than the week one games when, when you're watching the Steelers and the sports book and everything. But uh you know, I, I think there's a couple things that, that caught my attention about this week two matchup with uh with the Patriots. One being Brian Flores had a pretty good track record as the Dolphins head coach against the Patriots. He was very good at scheming against uh, against the Patriots offense. I don't think that's going to stop this this weekend. But there are two major concerns for me with the Steelers. The first being that they came off a uh, pretty pretty rough overtime game. You know when you, your defense has to play all that extra extra time and then uh you know you turn around and play a good team like the patriots bill belichick it's it's often not a great spot um for for the defense and then the other thing is you take tj watt out of this lineup and it's it's a significant noticeable noticeable downgrade um i'm not even sure it's it's being fully accounted for in in the line at the moment but uh, you know, I would not be surprised to see this a much higher scoring game than the the total is giving it credit for. Forty and a half, I would definitely be betting the over on this this week. I, I don't think it's gonna gonna be a low scoring affair. And speaking of some games that might have a multitude of touchdowns, people know you among a lot of things in the, in the betting world for betting anytime touchdown props. And I know typically when you bet something in that market, uh, in that given market, that it, it's going to pretty much get bet down because people, a lot of people on Twitter follow you for that. Maybe a, a name or two that have already been bet down uh, so you can get the best of, uh, best of the number there in terms of an anytime touchdown prop or two for week two. So for, for one of the things with, with touchdown props for me, um, 
it's it's interesting because I'm 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 still not used to the legal markets where they open the touchdown markets three four five plus days in advance. Uh, touchdown props were always a morning of a Sunday morning sort of thing, so uh, doing them so far in advance is still somewhat unusual for me. Um, I usually leave that stuff till the end of the week and the weekend, but some 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 touchdown bets I like I, I talked about this before is um, if you look at the offensive rookie of the year market, I don't think there are very good prices on any of the offensive uh, wide or the wide receivers. Um, I just don't see how you could lay 12 to one with a fourth, fourth round wide receiver or 20 to one with a second round wide receiver. I did, I did like George Pickens a little bit at 35 to one at 45 to one um, just because his talent is, is not that of a second round talent. He is a, you know, a very good player. Um, he just dropped for what they call character concerns. But uh, <laughs> the point I'm getting at is if you're looking at the offensive rookie of the year market, I think you're better off betting any of these rookies, the ones you like, whoever it might be to score a touchdown or to score two touchdowns on any given week. Like uh, last week, Dotson for the, uh, for the, for the commanders scored two touchdowns. If you would bet that probably paid at least 28 to one or 30 to one, you cash that week one. It's much better bet. It's much better proposition than betting offensive rookie of the year on a wide receiver at a large number and having to wait four or five months to, uh, you know, potentially win. So, you know, if, if there's a guy you like, bet him to score a touchdown, bet him to score two touchdowns, you're going to get paid a lot quicker than uh, potentially betting offensive rookie of the year. That's just one thing I'd look at. And I think we're going to end our football line of questioning with a Monday night football take. So do you have any bets for Monday night football? There is a doubleheader. We have Bills, Titans, and Eagles, Vikings coming up. Yeah, I got the Vikings in that second game. That's another one of those lines that, um, you know, I, I, I was watching all the games in the sports book, so I didn't have my eye on everything all the time, but... I was much more impressed with the Vikings week one than I was with the Eagles and not to say I wasn't impressed with the Eagles, but I guess I'm just not ever impressed with, with anyone playing the lions and you know, <laughs> I don't watch, I just don't, I, I don't t- tune in to watch the lions until two minute warning in the fourth quarter. Cause you know, it's <laughs> always going to come down to the last drive. Um, but I was really just surprised to see the Eagles at plus two. Like not only are they, they asking me to take, uh, you know, or sorry, the Vikings are plus two. Not only are they asking me to take the Vikings plus two on Monday Night Football, but they're begging me to throw it in teasers. So I'm I'm very worried that that I'm missing something here. But I <laughs> I was a big fan of O'Connell when they uh, when they hired him. I I actually bet the Vikings to win the Super Bowl many months ago, just as a a flyer on on their offense. But uh, yeah, I'll absolutely be betting plus two i've already bet a little bit i'm sure I'll, I'll bet some more as as i get more more credit and stuff this weekend 
And just to kind of take that game, one last football question from me and then Nicole will uh, shoot you a baseball question. Obviously, you're you're very into the very invested in the American League MVP market um, throughout the entire season. But you, you mentioned how you're high on the Vikings long term and in the short term for week two. I think this is a really good example for maybe the novice better that looks at public and sharp betting specifically, because there are a lot of people like that. Um, unfortunately, they say, okay, the public is on this. I'm going to fade the public because there are a lot of people with big betting followings that do that. And the novice better per se will follow suit. You mentioned you like the Vikings. The public is on the Vikings, but I'm sure you can add on to this. That doesn't necessarily mean that it's a bad bet. It doesn't necessarily mean it mean it's a bad bet. It's more about where you get the number. Um, the difference between a public and a sharp side could be, it could be the same side at a different number, you know, um, last week, the Seahawks, I would say was probably a better bet at seven than it was at six, but you both, you know, you could be both be on the, the same side. Although last week's example, I think I heard like 92% of the money or 88% of the money, whatever it was right. very skewed towards the Broncos, but um, a sharp bet and a, a public bet can often be the same side at a different number. Um, so that's kind of the, the thing to understand is the number is more important than the side that you're betting on. And like Eli said, we can't uh, end this video without talking a little bit of baseball. So quickly over to MLB, you've been pretty adamant, especially on social, that Shohei, Shohei Otani should be the AL MVP Despite Aaron Judge having a pretty commanding lead in that market, is that still how you're looking at this award? Yeah, I mean, I personally think Shohei Otani is the MVP. And, you know, the the combination of hitting home runs and having almost 200 strikeouts, a sub-3 ERA, and building on his season last year where he was the unanimous MVP, I don't see why he's not the unanimous MVP again. Aaron Judge, being Aaron Judge, I mean, you know, I'm not blind. Like I say, my life would be significantly better if he stopped hitting home runs. And I have benefited a time or three betting him to hit a home run because he's been doing it so often. You know, I'll put a square bet in and make some money on a home run prop, even though I know the odds are terrible at this point. Um, But, I mean, yeah, you have to recognize he's – 20 plus home runs or whatever ahead of the closest guy in the home run race. But I keep saying the, the, the award for hitting the most home runs is the home run title. Seeing the judge is a 10 war player this year and he's playing, you know, slightly above average center field and carrying his team to the playoffs. Like I get it. I can't argue that you're wrong. You know, I, I could just say that, you know, doing something that's never been done before to me is more impressive than doing something that all these other players have done before. And I do get the sense that MLB is sort of rewriting history, you know, always oh, close to the Yankee record, always oh, close to the AL record. Well, I don't care about those records. Barry Bonds has the home run record, you know, and steroids, whatever. I, I don't really care about steroids anymore, <laughs> but you know, I mean, that's just matter of fact. Aaron Judge is having a great season. And if you're going to give him the MVP at this point, like, I can begrudgingly accept it. I'm not going to be upset about it. And I'll lose some money. But it's it's really not the end of the world, especially 
you know, when I look at the rest of my futures portfolio, it's it's going to be a dent, but it should still be a profitable year. So, you know, I just take solace in knowing that my handicapping was essentially correct. I said Otani's going to put up similar numbers, if not better numbers, than he did last season. He's even improved as a pitcher, which I think is incredible. Like, you know, a sub three ERA, 200 strikeouts and 35 home runs. And we're not, you know, talking about him being the MVP. So congratulations to to Aaron Judge and the great season he's had. I can't, you know, can't hate on him for hitting home runs every chance he gets. It's it is what it is. But I was right when I said Otani's going to put up these numbers. I just I. I did not expect Aaron Judge to, you know, put up the offensive numbers he did. So, you know, going to take the tax right off on that one. <laughs> I respect that you're in the acceptance phase. You know, you, you're in the, what is the five stages of grief? Is that what it is? You, you've officially hit <laughs> yeah, acceptance. I mean, I still think I'm right, but I, I can't argue with the market. You know, the market is telling me. I could bet Otani at 15 to one and judge is minus 6,000. So sometimes you got to know when you're beat part of being a gambler is knowing, uh, you know, knowing, knowing when to hold them and knowing when to fold them. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Jason, thank you so much for being here with us today. Eli, was there any last things that you want to touch on before we say goodbye? Yeah. Be sure to check out Jason's work. Uh, over at the the couple of networks that he works at, obviously Veasan, he does. A, I want to say a weekly podcast, right, Jason? Uh, it's it's a couple days a week. It, it varies. Um, you know, I, I try to do it a couple days a week, but it's it's more like every other day or so. Um, and I'm on air. I'm on air two three times a week usually. So you get a lot of me. Like I I always say, if if I did more content, you'd just get sick of me. So there's enough of me already. <laughs> And of course, follow Jason on Twitter at Spreadopedia. Be sure to check out all of our written content over at thelines.com. I got my betting column up for for week two with a few bets in there, a breakdown of each game, thorough breakdown. So be sure to check that out over at thelines.com. And as always, make sure you like this video and subscribe to our YouTube channel and subscribe to the Beat the Closing Line podcast on Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review for the chance to win that Amazon gift card. We will be, we will be back with you on Tuesday. See you next time.